0: Hi everybody, it's Suzanne. I'm here to talk to you about LAC1. Uh, Session 5 is coming up next week and um, we continue our journey through the history, Um, so we'll be focusing on completing the HPI with the student uh, being able to describe a concern with those symptom refining questions. And I also want the student to get a feel for the review of systems, really specifically a complete review of systems. And we'll talk a bit more about that later. Um, students are giving a ton of feedback now after every session, like the Monday after, uh, before they get started in essentially their basic science classes, they're given an opportunity to get feedback. And so I'm getting like four, you know, 47 respondents, um, 50 respondents um, every time you have a session. And, I have to say the feedback is overwhelmingly positive they feel they, from these this 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 feedback I feel that they're getting a really active um experience with you and they're very much appreciating and enjoying um the times out there with you so thank you so much um in clinical skills just to you know I am. Um, I follow clinical sc- clinical skills curriculum for sure. You know, we, we draw from, of course, from the same foundational texts and things like that. I, I believe our objectives are similar, they should be. Um, and I just wanna give you an idea. So in clinical skills, they've practiced gathering the complete history, They've even taken some blood pressures, um, but they haven't done complete vitals yet. And actually my initial version of this course had them doing vitals with you a bit earlier, but I scrubbed that when I realized they just did, um, they just did blood pressures. But I know if, you know, the opportunity comes up and the students totally motivated, like, you know, they pipe up and say, oh yeah, I can do a blood pressure, please let them do it, you know. Um, they've had a professionalism focused session and they're going to do their documentation session actually a little bit later. So, you know, I I just want to notice that students are likely doing stuff out there in clinic with you that they haven't done yet. They haven't had this formal exposure to in clinical skills, and I I think that's fine. I try my best to follow clinical skills, but also realize that students, just by interacting with you, they're seeing some patients, they're talking with you about, they're already telling, they're already presenting, perhaps in in maybe a, a less formal way, but you are likely already they're getting a feel for what you want to hear. Um, they're definitely noticing how you organize information in your notes and, and consultant's notes. And now, you know, because I've asked them to start to write, um, they're practicing how to organize that information and document with you. So I, I think it's totally fine. You know, you may have this student who has this discomfort or others, I guess, who have discomfort like, whoa, whoa, they haven't done it in clinical skills yet and uh, that's fine. you know, I'm not too worried about it. Um, you can you can help them. This is all formative. Nobody's testing them on these notes. Yes, they do assignments for me. They'll actually have their first clinical documentation assignment after this week. So I'll look at 60 of these notes where they're gonna give me the chief concern and the HPI and a complete review of systems. Um, and um, and then you know they may grouse about, well, Witten wants a complete review of systems. And, and, and again, I'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. It's all formative. It's okay. They're going to get some template and clinical skills just as long as they understand how to organize the information. What is truly subjective? What is objective? And then where do we put our assessments um, in our plans? Uh, I think if they can understand that, they've got the bones, the foundations for that that stuff, and they'll be okay. Um, Your students after your last session with you, which has now been a little while ago, they've had their first fab week which I always like to say this in a superhero voice, the future accelerators of medicine and beyond. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, I didn't do this disclaimer. Yeah, you guys know by now it's this what I'm saying here. It's my own views. I'm not officially endorsed by the School of Medicine, but I shamelessly use this podcast to give you yet another option just to hear about how things are going. And my suggestions for what should happen when they're out there with you I recognize that um, out there, it's, it's you know, whatever will be will be at times, but um, my suggested focus for these sessions. So anyway, your students did their fab um, week, and I'll ask them about it. I am always impressed by this these interesting things that they're thinking about during those weeks. They often have a multidisciplinary component to them or an interdisciplinary component, or sometimes they do anyway. But um, it's it's very nice, and I I love how they have these projects and they work on problems. So um, ask them about it um, in their basic science, which they call MHD. So you know you can know the lingo, all the acronyms. Me being a, a, a now a way former military physician, and um, I guess most of you know I was an army brat, so I grew up um, moving around a lot. Um, but uh, acronyms are are like alphabet soup. They're they're pretty comfortable for me, <laughs> but still um I, I struggle with all these med school acronyms. So MHD is Mechanisms of Health and Disease course, which is really basic science. Um, so this new block that they're moving into is called the Body's Sentinels, which I think is a fancy way for saying heme. So um, and and really I just have some empathy for them. Like, you know, I think um, I was thinking a lot about the culture of medicine and how we're so hard on each other. Um, in general, once we grow up, um, we're, we're hard on each other. And, you know, really being in primary care, sometimes I think specialists are kind of hard on us, because they, 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 um, they forget that they didn't know, you know, so when I ask some question that maybe somebody thinks is such a dumb question, you know, um, and really, my question is just, I'm just trying to to work something out, you know, if I'm asking this question, there's typically a reason why I want to make sure I'm doing the right thing for a patient and stuff. Um, But anyway, um, um, things are getting hard for them in medical school. So just think back to your, you know, first and second years of medical school when you were studying in coffee shops all the time or or perhaps not like me. (laughs) Um, But uh, but anyway, um, you were doing that stuff. So things are getting hard for them. So I say all that to say when you huddle, and I hope you're huddling, because it's a really great way to manage expectations for the session, That just try to check in with them about time and really when they need to leave. They are so excited to hang out with you. And I know things run over. I mean, I am never done. The student is like, hey, uh, adios, I got to go eat lunch. I'm like, yeah, you do you, man. Because I am never done, you know, um, when the student is is leaving. It makes debrief hard. Sometimes I'll try to email or like I'll, I'll, it'll be like this, the quickest debrief you've ever had. Um, I have to say I'm, I'm pretty faithful to huddling. I've kind of arranged my schedule, so I have a little bit of a 20-minute lead-in before the first patient starts, and that helps me out a lot. But but I'd say um, um, do the huddle and just talk about, you know, hey, when do you need to leave? So, you know, we try to promote the student to, you know, that it's a learner-driven huddle and to self-directed. And, you know, I think some students, probably most of them, maybe it's hard for them to lead that because they they feel that hierarchy that you know oh god i can't can't tell the boss i need to go but um but you know maybe maybe some feel more comfortable so if you could just open the door for hey when do you need to leave do you have this clinical skills course that you need to go to if if they're like a morning session person or i tell you a big one is a thursday afternoon student who's got a test the next day, they are internally stressed, right? Like big time. Um, so they may be like dying inside just, to, you know, they cannot crack the book and do yet another bank of, you know, multiple choice questions or whatever. Um, so they really want to go at five. They don't want to hang out and see the really cool case of whatever that's going to be sent to the hospital. They don't want to do that in general. They want to leave and do multiple choice questions. <laughs> I, I mean, I jest, but I don't jest, so um, just check in with them, you know, hey, what's going on after the session today, because probably like you, I lose track of time, in fact, uh, uh, an, an effect of COVID times has been, i just gotten rid of my watch, I just don't even look at it, and probably I was moving toward that change in my life, like not wearing a watch um, even before COVID, but I just don't wear one, and I'm happier that way, um, but but um i i know that others especially at their stage it's it's done for them at noontime or at five they're they're ready to go um so anyway huddle manage expectations for the session Thank you very much. Um, So moving on to the objectives that you'll see in Skills the students will see in Canvas. It should never be a surprise to them, Okay, So the student should never show up being like, oh, I don't know what we're supposed to do. Never, Okay, So um, I expect them to prepare. I I get it if you don't read this long email or listen to this podcast, I understand. Like, I get it. Um, But the students should show up. That's kind of where I try to promote the learner-driven huddle, so they can kind of tell you what they're working on. And you can just be like, hey, what are you working on? Which is, you know, a question I ask everybody, no matter who they are. They could be a resident, they could be um, some visiting rotator from Kansas, I don't know, what are you working on? And it's interesting, a lot of times people, the students, they they don't know how to respond when I ask them that question, which I find, okay, I shouldn't be surprised, I get it, but anyway, um, it's a way to put the ball in their court you know when i think about in general so much that we 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 juggle when 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 we ask someone to join us for these sessions you know time is short we're busy and so you know i think of the patient experience i think of the student experience and i think my own experience Um, I'm, i'm juggling these three things so when i just i just bounce that ball back into the students um court about what are you working on? I think it just takes a load off of me, you know, because again, I'm, I'm not totally responsible for what the student gets out of the time with me. If they want to engage, great, I'll engage. If, if they want to just cruise, okay, noted. And then I just do my do my thing, you know? So um, same with you. So I don't expect you to study or I don't expect you to look at their pre-work. I don't expect you to do much other than be the great um, clinicians that you are and be open um, to their active learning experience for sure, but I do expect the students to prepare. So that was long-winded to say, here are the three skills you'll see in SkillsAvel. Number one, they'll demonstrate skills related to transitioning out of patient-centered portion of the interview by summarizing the patient story and checking for accuracy with the patient. number two, integrate open and now close-ended questioning to describe the cardinal features of a symptom and better understand the patient's concerns. Already with my student, I'll just pause here. Like we've already talked about the 18 second, now 11 second, it's probably gonna be like two second doctor pretty soon. But you know, really, really hopefully this slow sort of tour through the history has allowed the students really get a good um, appreciation for how do we help people tell their story before we just deluge them, just, just, you know, um, overwhelm them with all of our questions. Um, so hopefully, but now, you know, now they can practice summarizing what they've heard and now saying things like, okay, well, what I've heard, and now um, I'm going to be asking a few more questions to better understand what, what's happening, things like that. And then number three, they'll open uh, or sorry, obtain a complete review of systems for at least one patient they see in clinic. Yes. Yes. A complete review of systems. So I, I get it. I realize we don't often do a complete review of systems in outpatient primary care world. I know. We typically fold these questions into our HPI, the pertinent positives, the pertinent negatives. And we can do this because we have that foundation, that medical knowledge um, to know what to ask, right? But these guys don't. But I do want them to get a feel for what those questions are. So even though developmentally they're not in a place to link them to hypothesis testing like we do, um, they can't link them to illness scripts because they don't. That's, they're not there yet. They, they still can get an idea of a head to toe. Like, okay, I'm looking at the head. Do you have headaches? Do you have vision change? Any double vision? Any vision loss? Um, oh, any trouble with your hearing? So, so you know, um, whatever tips or strategies that you can give them. Um, to help them move through a complete review of systems would be greatly appreciated by me because I'll be asking them for it. And if they're so brief, like on the review systems, you know, like um, they don't include it, I'm going to, I'm going to ask them to pretend, you know, and list some of those questions. So they just start thinking about them because you and I, we both know that uh, um, sooner sooner than you can say, you know, McDonald's, they're going to abbreviate, you know, they're going to go from comprehensive to abbreviated faster than you can say shenanigans, you know, so, um, so if we try to encourage them just for a moment to be very comprehensive, and certainly when they routine the hospital, you know, the complete review systems will be expected and important, of course. So, um, so if you can give them our tips, like, Of course, once they start standing up to go do um, the physical exam, I like to do my, you know, kind of my other catch up on all the questioning, you know, questions that I may have missed. I try to do that when I'm doing my physical exam, you know. So um, they're not there yet, but, you know. Um, I also have to say some feedback stuff. If you can prioritize the in person patient over the telecare patient, I think it's going to be better for this first year learner. So you know if two are in the room, the telecare and the in- person, I, I would you know you know you go do your telecare real quick and let the patient talk to the live in person person. Um, um, and then you know for complete resistance, you know I think a nice uh, new patient or a nice routine physical exam lends itself very well to this kind of questioning, as you know. In um, the email again again gave you the the um, steps for Smith, so that's all there. Um the pre-work it's all it's all like closed access so this is all from Smith's the textbook from which we teach interviewing at this school um you don't have to look at it of course I just make a plug if you know as a as a faculty member you are granted access to the Gibson Lewis Digital Library and the TCU also the Mary, I think I don't know if I'm saying it correctly, but like, um, you know, up to date is on um, Gibson Lewis. And so if you're not in a large system, you know, you don't have to pay for up to date. There it is with your faculty appointment. Um, there's also other nice, you know, any journal that you want, things like that. So um, if you don't, if you just haven't gotten there with getting that HSC, it's called an EU ID and then your TCU password. Then um, I I put the faculty affairs email. It's uh, um, in this in the newsletter, and just contact them. And they I think they have a little info sheet on how you can walk through that. But it's worth doing. I think if you're gonna, you know, what are the what's in it for you? Well, I think this access to the library is a big part of what's in it for you. Um, so in in the newsletter, I also just talk about um, again, you, you know, the big things that I think of in, in um, clinical teaching, um, I, I try to ask myself how do I facilitate active learning for my student? Um, so you know again, I'm hearing a lot in, in general the majority of the experience is really active and that's great. I, again, the people who are not happy are typically the people who feel ghosty who kind of feel like they're in a corner and you know they're just sort of watching over someone's shoulder. I, that's the majority of stuff that I, I try to, Help out, um, um, but but it's sounding pretty active out there. And then um, I I just challenge you. You know, I'm gonna. You know, what level is my learner, and how do I help my learner grow? So, um, you know, you're doing a developmental assessment. You're assessing where the learner is, and so I, there are big differences um, between what I asked the first year, second year, and third year versus the sub I and the intern. Um, um, so I i just you know put a little bit of that um maybe old hat old news to most of you um but it's there um if you'd like um okay i think that's that's pretty much it um i just this is like it's not in the newsletter but i'll just put it out on the in the into the multiverse is that i have been thinking for a long time about making a change um We're not moving. I'm still in Fort Worth, all that stuff. I'm still at JPS, you know. I still dig um, Stop Six. Whoa, whoa. Um, But I I am going to hand off this particular hat, this um, LAC1 director thing. I'm going to be handing that off in, um, I'm going to do this through December. So in January, fresh start, new set of eyes on this whole experience. Um, There will be um, somebody. Um, that I'll be handing off to. I'll still be preceptor. I I have a phase one, phase two, and uh, phase three <laughs> a student um, uh, right now. I um, or you know my my third year is not coming back until whenever December. But you get the picture. I'm still on board. I still think this curriculum is is really um, very cool and and innovative. You know my. It's it's not a it's not a mission of the school, but you know my love is primary care and community-based medicine, and if we can just turn somebody on to this, you know, um, then then I think job well done. And I think helping um, medical professionals think about people as whole people, <laughs> um, you know, trying to be empathic, um, this whole empathetic scholar and communication emphasis. I dig that. You know, I I have an interest in primary palliative care skills, um, which are largely communication skills. I did that stuff for a while before when my life changed. I moved to Texas. And again, you know, um, um, grateful, grateful I am to be Yoda ish. Um, But anyway, I am all on board, but I need to make a change. And so I'll be handing off this hat. in uh, in January, and it, <laughs> it just feels good to say it, <laughs> and that's not in a bad way. But um, but anyway, I I put that out to the multiverse, but it's not in the newsletter, so you'll you'll get some sort of scoop, which it's not really. Who cares? So um, so there's some interested people who are um, motivated um, to take the hand off. And and I'm excited for them because I think there's a lot of great opportunities to describe what we're doing here, or what you know the new person is going to do. Uh, a lot of you know great opportunities to collaborate um, in the future, and so anyway. Um, I don't know what will happen with this podcast. I thought about shutting it down now, <laughs> truthfully. Um, but maybe my ego or something, I don't know, that, it, it keeps it going. So I'll, I'll probably hang on until the bitter end so my voice will be out there, you know, um, someday for me, maybe at least my kids to listen to. <laughs> maybe not, I don't know. Anyway, that's a big digression. So thanks. Everyone, so much for your support and everything. Um, let me know if there are issues and of course, be safe. Um, this COVID thing, what a long haul. Um, is it a part of my wanting a change? It could be, I, who knows? I'm just kind of letting things be, listening to myself and how I feel. I'm getting all touchy-feely now, but, but I'm, I'm ready um, to make a change, um, but I'll still be around and I'll still be um, the biggest cheerleader and supporter for this gig or, or what, what this thing is doing, this whole LIC stuff. Pretty cool. Pretty hard, let me tell you, but pretty cool. Okay, that's it. Now I gotta go find, um, find the link and, and, uh, and turn it off. Bye-bye.